One day you will do things for me that you hate. That is what it means to be family. Jonathan Saffron Foer. The Dragon Pod from Bending Not Breaking. Book Four, Earth. Chapter Two, Fallen Stars. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. My name is Ben Pruitt, and I am proud to be your host for The Dragon Pod. Hopefully, you've already listened to our last episode with Jesse Inakalia, the Soren. But guess what? We aren't done because this season is packed with incredible guests. And we're just going to keep on ranking and ramping up. And this episode is no exception. I am thrilled to introduce to you all Raquel Belmonte. Uh, uses she, her pronouns as a voice actor, sketch comedian, improviser, teacher, and writer living in Toronto, Ontario, previously in Vancouver, British Columbia. You may know her from My Little Pony or Lego Elves or Legends of Chima, but you will likely know her best for her incredible performance as Claudia on The Dragon Prince. Raquel, how are you today? Hi, thank you. Thank you for saying that. That's very nice. I'm doing well. I'm doing good. I'm excited. This season finally came out. I'm excited for you guys to see more and I'm excited to be here. Yeah. All around excited. Just love the excitement. The excitement just yeah. keeps us going in the morning, you know? That's what we need is yes. more excitement. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, oh. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. I love that uh, I'm a ramp up. Uh, after Jesse, I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. take yeah. that. No, I'm kidding. I love him. Well, Jesse's old news. He's been on the podcast several times. And now right. like, this is like super fresh and new for everybody who's been a longtime listener of the podcast. So this yeah. is, you know, in that sense, a one up between the two of you who's greater. <laughs> that's something y'all have to decide with rock, paper, scissors, maybe. I love rock, paper, scissors. And you know what? I would be lying if I said I wasn't amazing at it. So, yeah, right. strong words. Throne. Uh, <laughs> if you think Raquel would win in a rock paper scissors match against Jesse, uh, I'd love to see a Twitter poll on that. Let's see who would win uh, if Twitter is around by the time this episode comes out. We'll see. Yeah, what's going on? Anyways, it's I'll figure it out after. <laughs> yeah, all the things, right? Uh, where okay. will I tweet my awful things? Okay, sorry. Continue. No worries. No worries. So <laughs> you know, people. Uh, who may not know about you only kind of associate you with your work probably and with voice acting and the things that we kind of mentioned in your intro, but yeah. what do you, what makes you, you tell us just about, about you. Oh God, so many things. But one thing a lot of people don't know about me is I do a lot of improv and sketch comedy. Um, I actually moved out to Toronto from Vancouver to pursue it more, pursue uh, it further. Anyway, yes. uh, but I've been doing comedy. <laughs> I've been doing comedy for the last 10 years. Too long. No one should do comedy for that long. <laughs> uh, it's insane. Um, but I do that a lot. I write. I, I, what else is interesting about me? I love pasta. Like I'm, I'm always making Ooh. different kinds of, I like cooking. 
Um, but you mostly the pasta from scratch or are you making, Oh God, no, 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 no. <laughs> I just like making an easy one and eat. I think I just okay. wanted to say, I like eating it. That's another thing. I uh, love it. Yeah. It's nice. It's good. Uh, what else do I, what else is cool about me? Not much. I'm not. Yeah. I, uh, I do a lot of improv and improv is the least cool thing I think in the entire oh, world. I'm a big fan of improv. It's I, I grew up on a steady diet of whose line is it anyway. Nice. Yeah. And I, I look, used to look forward to it because it's like, I just laugh out loud every single time. Right. It's yeah. so good. And Colin Mockery is Canadian. He so sure I, is. Yeah, he is. He's a Canadian treasure. Indeed. Canada's <laughs> sweetheart. All right. Things I would have bet on us talking about Colin. Um. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Yeah. That's a big chunk of who I am is I do a lot of improv and sketch. Big reason why I booked Claudia as well. Oh, tell us more. Yeah. So um, one of the main specs in Claudia specs was uh, must be good with comedic timing. Mm. Uh, and uh, an, a comedic background was preferred. So I remember when my agent sent it to me, he's like, this is like right up your alley. Like it's, they yeah. want like a voice print similar to yours and you've, you've done all this. Um, and then when I got a, a call back, they wanted to know for sure, like you do comedy, right? Like, can you please specify everything you've done? I was like, yes, this is easy for me. Of course. <laughs> I just, um, there were a few times and then in person, because the callback was in person, I had to list my accolades again and, and yeah. Anyway, I remember that being a big deal. Wow. Yeah. And it was, it was cool. It was like, oh, finally. Okay. This stupid 10 years of improv finally paid off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Wow. But yeah. I, that's, that's really cool to learn. And, it, and it's, it's evident with Claudia's uh, track record, uh, you know, thinking about her story and the type of humor that Claudia has. Totally. Uh, it's definitely evident that that comes through. So that's really neat to know. Thanks. <laughs> uh, no big deal or anything. Yeah, well, I'm... Uh... <laughs> well, great. So we've heard a little bit more about what makes you you. We've heard a little bit about your relationship with the Dragon Prince. I'm I'm curious if we can move into this, this first segment for us, which is the primal source. Yes. Uh, the primal source is where we get to uh, have firsthand knowledge about the making of this episode and this episode in particular fallen stars episode two book four big deal um so i'm curious if there are is is there anything that's super neat about the making of this uh these scenes that that happened in the in the behind the scenes yeah so the first few okay i i i think the first few episodes or the whole season was dirt we recorded during the pandemic yeah. so we were all by ourselves where as before we were all recording together and you can feed off each other mm -hmm. however i got to record at some here's the thing i don't remember if it was this episode or if it was a few episodes later because things were lightening up i got to record with ben in a separate studio he was in wow. one studio i was in another studio and we were on zoom and we can see each other but i did the bulk of the next few seasons with ben wow so i went from doing every doing it with everyone else to me and ben and that was awesome that yeah. was awesome. And, and jason um so that was a really cool thing and it was very different um in the best way it really got to shake up 
my performance in a cool way and their performances and like just gave us something different. Um, some some things about this season, but specifically this episode, I didn't know how to say Petricor. <laughs> I didn't know how to say it. I was like Petricor. <laughs> <laughs> Because normally at the beginning of like a recording or a scene, uh, they'll be like, you have any questions? And I'm usually, I want people to think I'm smart. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I didn't know how to say I, I knew for sure I should have asked. Right along, just said it. <laughs> yeah. I should have been like, uh, this word. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. And I just uh, very confidently, there was another word in a previous season. I think it was Griffin. And I read it very confidently in a uh, the wrong way uh-huh. uh, same thing with petrichor same thing with petrichor do it so. with confidence right yeah uh embarrassing but it if uh, anything they'll think you did it for the comedic l- relief right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a choice aaron <laughs> yeah yeah Duh. no <laughs> well it's kind of funny i i imagine that comedic timing is difficult to do when you are recording with just your voice right that, like by yourself yeah yeah <laughs> that seems like infinitely more difficult to not be able to feed off of an audience totally it was cool i i think like Aaron and the guys understood that so they would sometimes read with me especially if i was by myself and i had a lot of dialogue uh-huh. they would read me in and out which was nice but it is i mean obviously i'm going to choose read with the other actors over yeah. doing it by myself absolutely so, um yeah yeah it's just more natural that way but but it is a great learning experience and like now i know how to just do that so yeah that's super cool well, yeah awesome. yeah well, thank you for sharing some insight into the making of of this episode in this season right this is what totally. a opportunity to be able to record with ben i'm i'm really excited that we'll have ben on later this season i'm excited for you yeah he's so cool yeah i'm really excited tell him i said that uh I will make sure to tell him. Thanks. <laughs> All right. I mean, assuming he doesn't listen to the episode, you know, he's just cool. listening. He's going to hear it directly from you. Ben, you better listen to this episode. Yes. Now we're talking. There okay. we go. I'm like threatening to fight everyone on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. We're going to have all kinds of throwdowns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get awesome. fired anyway. So... When we were kind of discussing this episode and we were like, hey, which episode? How's it going to land? Um, when this one came up, we were talking about the the type of lens that we wanted to discuss this episode with. And so ultimately, uh, you landed on this lens of, of family. Yes. And so I'm curious, why family? Why is this the lens you wanted to analyze this episode through? Well, then I'm glad you asked earlier. <laughs> I mentioned <laughs> earlier. I mentioned that I like uh, when people think I'm smart. And if I know one thing about anything, it's family. And I want you to think I'm the smartest person in the world. <laughs> if that hasn't already come across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very intelligent. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I, I have a very large family that I'm very close with. Um, And I do have a lot of complicated relationships with family members. And I think some of the best and most beautiful relationships I have are with family members. But at the same time, uh, terrible relationships with family members. And I've always thought family was interesting because family, just the term family, it encompasses so much and it could mean anything, but it carries this weight that kind of changes 
an entire situation or how you'd react to an entire situation yeah. or how you'd feel about a situation. Like uh, it would be different if a friend did something to you versus your brother. Mm -hmm. uh, like there's a different weight that it carries. And I've always found that so fascinating, especially in my own life, something that I've always struggled with, but especially have come to terms with at my very young age uh, of 31. But <laughs> I, um, I really, I don't know. Family's always been so fascinating to me because of that and because of like, you know, dealing with my own stuff, uh, sp specifically my own stuff and like watching other people. Like I worked, um, another thing people don't know about me is I used to be a youth worker. Oh, uh, yeah, I was a youth worker, not anymore. I'm doing voice acting full time. But when I was living in Vancouver, I was a youth worker. So I got to see and work with different types of families. And the dynamics were still at the core of it the same. Mm -hmm. uh, everything, like things were different, but there's this big, heavy, like, weight. Anyhow, I hope I'm making sense. And I'm yeah, not just no, like, no, 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 Raquel drink espresso. <laughs> no, this is but, good. I think right, like, good. what think comes up for me just kind of in response <laughs> to your your story and your, your thoughts on family is a, a few things. Family has a very wide spectrum in which there are some of the most beautiful relationships and some of the most difficult. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hearing that family has a, a certain gravitas to it. Great that, word. Um, that other relationships don't necessarily have. Mm -hmm. um, am I capturing that well? Yeah, totally. So... I also have a complicated family. Uh, yeah. I have six siblings. Um, some of them are half siblings. Some of them are full siblings. Uh, multiple, uh, all the same. No, that's not even true. I have one. <laughs> my, my mom came in with one. And my dad came in with three. And then he and my mom um, had three more. So we have seven. Um, wow. And... Uh, that means there's all kinds of family histories associated with different parents. There's different grandparents. There's different, there's just so many things that uh, make it super complicated to where the nuclear family doesn't even particularly exist. Yes. We recently had a, a family get together uh, for, and it was the first time in like seven years that we had had uh, five of the siblings in one room. Um. So that was like a big deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, and part of that is because not all of us have great relationships because there have been like burnt bridges, frankly. Yeah. So this concept of family is, is uh, very uh, poignant <laughs> and pertinent. Um, yeah. I think that we're not the only ones that are, that are grappling with the wide spectrum of beautiful and uh, difficult. Right. Totally. That's a great, yeah. Two ends of the spectrum beautiful and difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, yeah. The, 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 I guess the next question I have for you before we kind of dive into the episode to learn how the episode can teach us about family is, mm. uh, what are, what are your thoughts on the concept of chosen family? I, so chosen family, learning about chosen family within the last however many years has been like life-saving. Mm. Chosen family is life-saving. I think uh, you, they say you can't choose your, you don't choose your family and you don't choose your blood relatives. You're just kind of born into that stuff. 
but you get to choose who you, I don't know, surround yourself with the community that, you know, you engulf yourself in. And that, I think that kind of family, you guys choose each other. There's a choice being made there. And I think that's beautiful. You don't have to, you, like, you guys don't need each other. Like, I'm thinking of, like, me and my friends yeah. um, that I met through comedy specifically. Um, and just, you know, coming up in the scene as, like, young women who, you know, are, you know, <laughs> fighting for stage time or whatever. Yeah. And going through so much in the last 10 years and seeing where we are now, we're like sisters. We're like, we mm-hmm. choose each other. Whereas like, I didn't choose my brothers. I love my brothers. I love my brothers, but yeah. I didn't, I didn't decide to have them. <laughs> yes. um, and I think, yeah, like I said, chosen family is life-saving, especially for, you know, people whose families are terrible. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, thank, thank goodness that exists that you yeah. can have, com- I think community is huge. I think, uh, didn't Jesse, someone talked about, Yep, community is our last last lens, for sure. Yeah, see? Mm, Raquel Raquel knows what she's talking about. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, yes, am I answering your question? Uh, Chosen family, big fan. (laughs) Yeah, and and I just, I think it's interesting, and I think we'll be able to, I think that will come up is the reason I ask in our discussion. So rather than belabor the point, we'll come up, it'll come up again in a minute. So let's, let's dive into the episode. Before we really go hardcore, though, I want to make sure that we give our listeners a quick recap for those of us that didn't watch it today. Cool. Um, do you want to do a 30 second recap first or do you yeah. want to do a 30 second recap second? Um, I'll go first. First. Yeah, I'll bite the bullet. I'll go first. All right. Well, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. <laughs> okay. And you will have 30 seconds to do your best to recap the episode. Are you ready? Can't wait. Let's do it. On your mark. Get set. Go. Previously, on the Dragon Prince, Claudia just woke Viren up from the dead. Uh, she introduces him to Terry, but that happened in the episode before. But now they're just there. So so now uh, Claudia is explaining to Viren, like, we got to do these things to keep you alive. We got to go up the Storm Spire to get your staff thing. Uh, and he goes, okay, so that she makes this thing in the, in the cave, and then they go out, and then they're climbing up. Their whole thing in the episode is they're going up the Storm Spire. That's what it's called, Raquel. Then... Uh, while this is happening, and um, thirty seconds. No, <laughs> <laughs> I got so much more to say. <laughs> yeah. That was a really incredible recap of like the first thirty seconds of the show. Really, I <laughs> feel crazy. <laughs> I feel wonderful. insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I missed the rest of the characters. But do they really matter? I mean, do really? They really matter? Do they really? All right. Will you do me a favor and will you count me in? I would love nothing more. Let me find my thingy thingy clock. Stopwatch. Are you ready? I am ready. On your mark, get set, a go. Okay, so Claudia is really nonchalant about opening a portal and then talks about the Erebus Chrysalis and then Callan's book arrives and he's like, oh my god, I love books. And then Ez and Corvus are like dragons and then Zim and Ibis fight about veggies and Ibis lies about eating them and then Terry goes all Earth 
elf. And then Viren's not <laughs> impressed with earth magic or farting. And Janiya's like, congratulations, we win. We're married. We're getting married. And Karim's like, ha, 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 that's super cool because he's a supremacist and doesn't like symbolism. And then Callum's annoyed with the pamphlet of Pathetic. So he like takes Bates advice and vandalizes it. Claudia does rest spell. 30 seconds. 3079 to be exact. That was beautiful. You should oh. do this for all of our episodes. I'm going uh, to you know. give your name to the guys. <laughs> Thanks. Pass it on. <laughs> yeah, and yet, even still, we both missed some significant things that happened, and so we're just going to talk about them in our discussion. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All right. So we've we've both prepared, right? We've we've yeah. watched this episode. We've thought about it through the lens of family. I'm curious, yes. what's what's the first moment that you want to talk about when it comes to family in this episode? I think the main thing, uh, because that's the one that sticks out the most to me, is Claudia and Viren's relationship post her bringing him back from the I think that's a huge, that is a huge uh, thing. (laughs) It's a huge event. Yeah, this might take a minute to unpack. Yeah. Um, One thing I noticed watching it, because I've watched this season through already like three times, but today I watched this episode, like I was telling you, I watched it this morning. um, And I noticed something that I hadn't really noticed before. And I don't know that I really caught onto it when we were recording it either. But it was the moments of Claudia being a kid. After having, yeah. So, um, Claudia has just performed a crazy spell. We still don't know how she's done it, uh, but she's done something crazy and terrible, like she says, to bring her father back from the dead. And she's had to see his crumpled up dead body for two years. Yeah. Two years of just like, uh, and she's a kid. I think we forget that, like, well, I do anyway when I'm watching it, but we forget she's a child. She's a, a youth. She's a teenager. I don't know how old she is for real, but yeah, <laughs> I know she's a kid. Um, and and you first see the moment of like, I'm still a kid. I'm a teenager when she introduces Viren to Terry. It's like, this is my boyfriend. Um, that, that I think is like a, a little hint to it. But when they're going up the storm spire, the farting stuff, like the fart jokes. It's like, she's still an excited child, just like wanting to show her dad things through her lens. And like, look, look at this, look at this, look at this. Hey, what do you think about this? Like, she's still excited about, I don't know, things. She's got this childlike wonder about her, even though she can, she possesses this like crazy ability to to kill. Yeah. That's there's there's so much to think about when it comes to, comes to this, and I, yeah. I love that you're kind of bringing up this idea of this massive dichotomy between this this having aged much too quickly for her developmental where she should be developmentally, but also this uh, like what seems to be like holding on to this childlike wonder, yeah. and. And this, the, I think what comes to my mind there is this idea of um, we often, ha- there, there has been a lot of comments in, in the fandom about like the, like, why were there so many fart jokes? Why were there um, so many, like, why did we have to lighten the mood? Why couldn't we have just gone dark? And, you know, I find this actually to be more realistic, frankly, yeah. 
of of Claudia because what we're seeing is exactly what you're saying. We're seeing a teenager who is grappling with way too much trauma. Yeah, right? with an, an unreasonable amount of of really terrible things, and at the same time is. It makes sense that they would want that Claudia would want to lighten the mood and like find ways to not have to always be on. Um, so it just seems more realistic. And I think that just makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> I think so, too. And I wonder if the people who are complaining about the fart jokes are considering that. I don't look into the discourse, but that's one thing that just kept popping up on Twitter. I'm like, I I love a fart joke. Don't get me wrong. I love yeah. a fart joke. I, But I did see those like, oh, there's too many fart jokes. I was like, what are you upset about? <laughs> so yeah. I wonder if those people are considering this because it is even like uh with claudia having a boyfriend yeah she's still a young young girl making her way through the world you know (laughs) like (laughs) it also seems like we haven't i don't know that i've we've heard terry say the l word like we've heard terry say love but we haven't i don't know that we've heard claudia say it and um it's interesting because we also don't know if this is Claudia's first love, if it's love at all, um, which I I would hope so. It seems like it certainly is from Terry's perspective, but just I like to think it is. Watched, right? Yeah, I like <laughs> uh, to think it is. Yeah. So it's it's just interesting to me. Like first love also like drastically affects the brain. <laughs> yes. Um, like I still think about my like first breakup and how like I went into a minor depressive state. Like it was bad. <laughs> yeah. And so I just imagine that from from Claudia's perspective of finally found something that is such a dopamine, serotonin, adrenaline rush that uh, all of the all of the hormones. Right. Totally. Totally. Because like I've seen people complain about, oh, why is she dating? Why she have why does she have a boyfriend? Why is she dating an elf? And it's like, yeah, do you blame her? Terry's hot. Number one. Number two. (laughs) Like. (laughs) he's he loves her he cares about her and she does not have that Uh, the way terry loves her we haven't seen her be loved that way yet that's and that's that's a really beautiful like let's say that again like (laughs) (laughs) we have not seen claudia receive love the way terry gives her love we have not seen that yet Sure, she is loved by her brother and we, and you know, she's interacted most thus far with her brother, her father, um, Callum. Nobody has loved her the way and shown her love and appreciation the way Terry has. And I I think that we see that in this episode, right? And and not necessarily with Soren, but we see um, Soren in the reflection leading up to the season uh judges claudia for using dark magic we see yeah. him per- later in the season very much judge her we see a lot of judgment from soren in general from previous seasons of claudia we definitely see judgment from viren right constant criticism in the later in this episode with this this the the bat and whether she did the spell correctly i think it's really interesting and indicative of the habits that that viren has because you know when he goes into panic mode when anyone goes into panic mode, our, you know, filters go away and mm. we default to who we are at our baseline. And Viren's baseline is to criticize Claudia. Yeah. 
goes into, did you do it right? Are you sure to did the peak of puff? Are you sure? Like, it's this constant checking up on Claudia that I imagine she grew up with. Yeah. And what we see from Terry is the exact opposite. It's just complete and utter acceptance and no judgment, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just support, adoration, beautiful. like just floored by everything she does. And I think you bring up an interesting point with Soren and Viren. I think with family, it's very easy to, to, and I've done this, it's very easy to become judgmental. Yes. In fact, it's crazy that that's like maybe our default with our family members. Yes. Where we think we can do that uh, because we're family. Mm -hmm. And Terry's not family. Terry's not blood relative, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyhow, yeah. Uh, I just think that's interesting. That's, and there's, there's so much truth to that too, of we yeah. are we are so much more capable of hurting family because we assume that love is unconditional. Yes, exactly. And I am of the opinion that love is not unconditional. And I, that is a bold statement that I'm making. That's <laughs> uh, okay. And I know a lot of people will disagree with me who are listening, but I, I do not believe love is unconditional. I don't think that just because someone is family that you have to love them. I think that is a very much a harmful belief to live into. I agree with you. Thousand percent. Take um, that fans. Yeah. Take, take that people who disagree. <laughs> no, I agree. You don't, I think people can do terrible things to you who are your family members and you don't owe them anything. Yeah. Just yeah. because of the label, just because, you know, of your DNA makeup, Oh, excuse me. Am I allowed to swear? I yeah, take it back. Retract. <laughs> That's me rewinding. Uh, screw that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I ag I agree with you. Um, and it took me a while. I never used to to agree with that point. I used to be of the mindset: love is unconditional. I yes. you. You love who you love and that's that. And family is just always somebody like you do whatever you yeah. do for family and whatever. I don't believe in that anymore at all. <laughs> and, and that's in, in a way I like I lament a little bit at the loss of that. Right. Because that's a really comforting feeling. Yeah. But <laughs> is it not more uh, does it not give us more agency to believe that love is conditional right that we can make choices and we can say no and set boundaries right um yeah. I, I think ultimately we have a lot of questions uh i imagine as a fandom but as as a cast also around terry's history and i imagine terry is has chosen claudia in a yeah. way that and claudia has chosen terry in the same way but mm -hmm. thinking about what family is chosen wise often and especially for people who identify queerly um, chosen family is often more important than blood. Yeah. It's a safer option. Always. Usually like not, oh, sorry, I'm saying always, but chosen family <laughs> is like a safe, beautiful haven where, you know, there's acceptance. There's whatever Terry is providing Claudia. I guess that would be chosen family, right? I would, I, I don't know if we can call it that yet, but it seems like it's heading that direction if it's not there already. Oh, right. I know more than you guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> I would, with what I know I would say, but yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. It's just, it's just, it's just, 
I just, it's really beautiful. And yeah. I really, like, I, I love this idea that Claudia has found belonging and mm-hmm. love and someone who sees her at her core. Yes. That is someone from under the umbrella of a race and side of life that she is completely against. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that she isn't drawing connections between Terry and the greater dragons and elves uh, umbrella. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I think that's so indicative of, forgive me, uh, of American culture, the United States and culture in the United States, because what happens is we are coming from an age that's rooted in like the Descartes, I think, therefore I am, rugged individualism. Uh, I the, And we see things uh, not on a systemic level as that things are connected. And I'm in social work, which means we see like the whole point of our work is that everything is connected. <laughs> and so for me, it's like mind blowing to not draw lines to uh, the fact that she is seeing an individual, but not seeing the collective whole. And yeah. at the same time, that's so true for so many people where it's the same premise when someone says, I'm not racist. I love, look at me. I love Terry. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, but here we are looking at what she says later in the season when she's yelling at Soren is like very the opposite. And so that's a long rant to say that no, I, no. It's fascinating. And I it love is. this <laughs> so much to for analysis purposes. Right. There are so many juicy layers to just yeah. Cla- I, Claudia is such a fascinating brain. Yes. And I do think a lot of it, a lot of her opinion that, you know, makes this more muddled and complicated, like her rant to Soren later, is because of Viren, is because mm-hmm. of her upbringing. Yes. And I think she is a product claudia of course so is soren but soren you know broke away claudia is a a product of her upbringing like her environment and and maybe terry is like she's slowly breaking not breaking away but she's seeing things differently and maybe i don't know maybe that's why claudia is so interesting and fun and funny and because she is trying to sort of think for herself i don't know if that makes much sense in my head it does okay absolutely good (laughs) yeah so i i I, there's another moment with this trio that i really want to touch on that i've been waiting to talk about since i watched it the first time is this leading up to this slap yeah Right. That is just like I my jaw dropped when that happened. I was like, oh, oh." (laughs) Um, like, like it was one of those moments. uh, (laughs) I was like, it's happening. Um, So it's it's fascinating to me to to watch the panic attack trajectory from Viren. Yes. Um, And it starts from the very beginning of the episode. If you if you like I had to when I watched it again and again, I was like, this is they're showing little signs and symptoms of this from the very beginning of the episode Mm -hmm. and it builds and it's interesting because it's slowness of breath and i had questions around like oh my goodness is is his breath slowing because he's having initial panic attack or is the slowing of the breath due to you know two years in a magical dead state that and i thought it was 
I was wondering, but I was, the more I thought about it, I was like, maybe they're contributing to each other, right? Where this lack of breath is going to create more of a, a, a scare in your brain. And all of a sudden I'm leaning more into this. But then going past the panic attack to I almost died. And your voice in this moment was really like I sit there and I'm like that was so perfectly delivered and thank you and you say again <laughs> um and it's like you go flat in your tone and you're like I the what I heard from that tone was yes I've been taking care of you for two years just in that one word is what I heard <sighs> um and like I don't have no idea if that's what you meant but like I hear it that way and it's fascinating and yeah after this panic attack, he goes into this moment of like paradigm shift. I see the world with everything's brighter. I only have 30 days left. I need to be more grateful. We should go taste cake. Um, and what I, I'm trying to put myself in Claudia's shoes. Like I sit there and I like imagine myself into Claudia's brain. And what it does when I was thinking about it is it, like it throws these past two years where I have done nothing for joy because I've been working for you, doing everything for you, probably killing for you, probably doing all of these things for you. Mm -hmm. And she, <laughs> she slaps him because yeah. I will not let you do this because that would negate my, my past two years. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've been talking for enough. I'm like, that's okay. What, what reflections on on any of this? Like, is that did you when you were living into this and reading these lines? What what were what was going through your brain as you kind of read this? Or uh, well, first of all, thank you for uh, that's a very nice compliment about my again line uh, because I did want to convey that. Yeah, I did. I, <laughs> I thank you. Um, while I was reading it the intention I had behind the lines was how fucking dare you? Yeah. How dare yes. you? But also, how dare you, but you can't leave me. Yes. You can't leave me. You can't, not only can you, not only can you not leave me, but you, I'm, you did this. Yes. You did yes. this. You can't just walk away from this whole thing you put upon me. You did this. You yeah. have to come like too bad. But also there's so many layers, but also you could die if you're by yourself. You can die. You will die. You yeah. will die. Not you can die. You will die. Yes. If yeah. without me, you need me to stay alive. And I think there's that yes. weird paradigm. Yes. Like you're my dad at the end of the day, you're my dad. And you hear it just in the way she says, how often she says, dad, I feel like that's intentional. Yes, 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 yes. I noticed that this time around watching it, I didn't notice it while recording it. Well, I guess I kind of did because it kind of changes, you know, uh, how you do your line reads as an actor. You're like, okay, dad, what does that mean? But I noticed it watching it this time around. She says, dad so many times and i think that is so intentional yes it's like yes. a reminder like you're still my dad i still love you and i'm gonna take care of you but also fuck you how dare you sorry i'm swearing so much Listen, but i do you should hear jesse <laughs> oh i believe i believe it i 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't apologize knowing that he yeah. has been on this podcast. Um, and, and I choose the word fuck you also intentionally because it's like, I, I don't know, like, oh, like almost a gutted. Yeah. A gutting feeling of now you're going to change. Yeah. I lost my brother because of you. I lost my mother because of you. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm assuming that's why the mom. Yeah. I, we don't know? know yet, but we'll find out. Maybe. I, maybe. maybe. I don't. I, I hope so. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> but I like I, I lost. Oh, here's another thing I thought of, too, is you want to do all of these traditional family things with me now? No, you had all of my childhood to do that. <laughs> yeah, you had my entire childhood. You could have done this with me and my brother. Instead, you gaslit both of us. You mm -hmm. ruined Soren's life. You yeah. you did all these things, but now you want to taste the seven cakes of Zadia? Huh? <laughs> I, I think I think for me, I I think I can process all of that. I wonder if Claudia, I don't, I don't think, I think all of that is very subconscious for Claudia. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's one of the, I don't even think she's like screaming and cursing at Viren or like, I don't think that that's on her brain. I think that she truly is in this space of two things. One, I think she's entirely dissociated from her body. I do not think that she's in touch with the things that she's feeling. I think very that. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that she, <laughs> she is just like on survival mode and has yeah. been on survival mode for two years. And it's like, talk about high stress. That's another uh, layer to the whole thing. It's right? like survival mode. She yeah. is so disconnected. And I even like, sorry, I'm interrupting you. Uh, when I was reading uh, like the first, I, I want to say the whole season, like she's just so removed from it. It's like, get, get him get him to uh get him to live another however long at 30 day whatever more days yeah get him there just days. get him there get yeah. him there and then you can move on just get there uh yeah sorry continue <laughs> yeah well, and i just like so one i think that this dissociation is very very present for claudia's character the second thing is have you ever heard of the concept of over and under functioning when it comes to relationships Yes, uh, mostly under-functioning. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I guess over-functioning as well. But um, I think I have most experience with over-functioning. But yes, yes, continue. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I am a classic over-functioner. And so I, perhaps that's why I can <laughs> recognize mm. it. But uh, Claudia is classic over-functioning right now. Yes. And so over-functioning is... Uh, some of the things that I'm noticing that are examples of this are, are constantly focused on Viren's life rather than her own, um, offers frequent advice for how to manage his experience, like is telling Viren, like, just walk, just do this, just do that. Um, yeah. Doing things that are part of Viren's responsibility and like his autonomy and believing that if I don't do it, then it won't happen. Yes. Right. Which you said that very line earlier of like, if I don't keep you alive, you won't stay alive. Um, which is you like an extra version of this. You need me. That's ex classic overfunctioner, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, it, I think some of the things that happen when you are in overfunctioning mode is oftentimes you're angry when you aren't appreciated, i.e. slappage. Um, like, and like, there's just so many indicators that Claudia is in overfunctioning mode. And 
Um, does that is that ringing? Does that resonate with you in terms of how she's kind of handling this? Yeah, a thousand percent. So the the opposite of that would be underfunctioning, right? Yeah. Of like, I can't do anything. I'm going to let other people handle it. I'm going to. Yeah. So oftentimes what happens when there is an overfunctioner, there is an underfunctioner, which means in this case, Viren is the primary underfunctioner because he's been dead for two years. Right. Exactly. Um, and so it's just really fascinating to me when we think about how people work in in tandem with one another and how people show up to situations um people who are over functioners often are very uh do well in like in work environments especially in capitalist driven work environments because they produce they yeah. get things done right mm-hmm. they, and at the expense of other people but what it does is it also enables yeah and so that's what i'm kind of leading towards here is that it seems as though Claudia is enabling Viren in a way of we're going to get you back to your previous state and your previous habits and your previous experience, which led to his death. Yeah. So I, I think there's a disconnect here around what she doesn't realize that she's enabling. And of course, she's like, what, 16 ish. So yeah. it's ooh, ooh, right. And so Also, yeah, like in terms of the enabling thing, like. That's I I think that's probably like on a subconscious level. Like I think she just wants her dad back, and that's the only dad she yeah. knows. Yeah, I don't want to know another dad. I I'm bringing back the dad that I grew up with. Like yes. a different a change of pace for you. You want to go good. You want to be. You know. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. that's not my dad. And. Oh, that's and that brings up this idea of this this concept of returning, right? Returning to normal. Yeah. Right. And I think that anytime we're we're putting family in the conversation, right? We will go into overfunctioning mode often when family members, like a parent, for instance, a child will go into overfunctioning mode when a parent goes to the hospital. Yes. Um, and so like, okay, I got to get their meds. I got to call the doctor. I got to do all these things. And like the other siblings are like, hello, do you need any help with this? Um, and it's fascinating. Right. But to think about it from, from that perspective and how we use this and, and do it, it's not healthy. Right. My experience with overfunctioning is, uh, when my dog passed away, an example of this, uh, was a year old, very sudden, um, I'm sorry. And thank you. It was many years ago. I've processed it at this point. Um, but I immediately after we like we were scheduled for like poker night and things like that. I was like, y'all keep playing. Y'all play. Go ahead. And I was and they were like, uh, no, because uh, they were processing well. And I immediately mm-hmm. started cleaning the house and I cleaned every bit of the house. And as soon as there was nothing left to clean, I start. I broke down crying. Yeah. Because it was a me passing off, like, I, I can't feel this yet. I can't feel this yet. I can't feel this yet. And this is my worry for Claudia. When is she going to break? It's going to be a bad break, I think. It's going to be bad. <laughs> I worry. And like I like I mentioned, I know, I know stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know when she's going to break. Yeah. I truly mean yeah. that. I don't know when she's going to break. Um, but when she does, I don't know. She's powerful. She's powerful. So it's going to be, 
and this is this is just a Raquel prediction. It's gonna be bad. (laughs) I imagine it will. I think another thing we don't really talk about. We don't use the word trauma with Claudia. We don't. I don't know. Nobody. (laughs) I I constantly. I'm like, yeah. She's like, it's like a trauma bond at this point with with the fear and um. Oh God, where was I going with that? Um, all of this trauma is built up. Yeah. In addition to not processing, uh, in addition to you know like overdoing it physically, like getting everything. Yes. In addition, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna pop off, and well, I don't know. And I think there's there's a couple elements to that. One is there is I I feel like it's important to name that she like i it's it's always awkward to pathologize cartoon characters or right characters and this is the whole point of what we do is to like learn from this how can we learn from the show and i think what claudia is giving us is two things one we're seeing what it looks like to be a survivor of complex trauma yes um, and so trauma from her childhood being constantly gaslit and manipulated right um from from Viren. Right. And just constantly being in that environment that likely was over time, lots of paper cuts that led to just a constant state of stress that led to what is complex trauma. Yeah. What we have most recently is a major incident, right, that likely is causing a major trauma, like big T trauma that she is recovering from, i.e. the death of her father and her response to it. And trauma is not the event right trauma is the response to the event so it's really difficult without like actually talking to claudia about all of these things to really discern that however yeah. it's pretty evident that we we can deduce that it is likely so that she is recovering and in survival mode from two one this long-term complex trauma but also this really big t trauma that she's recently experienced yeah and that does things to to you right well especially a a child like that's the other thing is like she's a teenager how is this how is this manipulating her brain chemistry maybe manipulates not the right word but how is this changing things absolutely how is this going to shape her for when she's in her 20s her 30s her 40s when she's viren's age i don't know how old viren is but yeah yeah. well and it's you know uh there's a everybody a lot of people, I should say, have heard of ACEs, which are adverse childhood experiences. And there's been mm-hmm. lots of studies on how ACEs affect children later in life. And there's a very significant correlation between the more ACEs, the ACE points you have, which means the more adverse childhood experiences you have when you are young, predicts all kinds of really negative things that are physical right? The body keeps the score, so to speak. Yes. Um, and so in, in a way, dark magic kind of keeps the score in the same way. Of, Oof. Uh, Oof. Yes. Score, right? <laughs> um, Holy, I've never thought of it that way. Sorry, you just blew my mind. I love it. Let's blow that line. Let's keep going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Keep, keep talking. I interrupted no, well, you. I mean, that That's was really awesome. the end of my thought, but like, it's, it's, it's fascinating to me, right? That how much we are seeing the body affected and we see like her hair has like as it's the major sign we haven't seen her face go like quite like viren's quite yet but yeah we'll see it i'm sure anyway maybe i hope not but we'll see yeah yeah 
So we've spent a good deal of time on this this duo, right? Yeah. Claudia specifically, but also in Viren. And I'm, I'm, there's a lot of other things that happen in this episode that I want to make sure we touch on. Yeah. Do you mind if we transition? Of course. Yeah. I've got so, opinions on everything, Ben. Please. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so let's transition to this uh Janai and Amaya situation. Yes. Right? And Kareem, I guess. Yeah. So you know like they're getting married. Yay. It's super Yay. cute. Like they're having people, they're receiving people and people are wishing them well. Um, it seems like predominantly elves in this space that are wishing them well. And Plus uh, it's, like, it's a pretty <laughs> celebratory room, right? It's yep. like, like people seem to be happy. And there's this moment <laughs> where Kareem is like, I wish you well. Look, you finally met your match. And at face value, Kareem sees re- seems really happy for them. And I think there is this dual sense for Kareem, right? Where I'm really happy for my sister, but also elves and humans don't belong together. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious, what, what were your kind of thoughts on this? It, did anything come to mind when you were watching this scene? When I was watching this scene, I... I was uh, the like we were talking about earlier, like when your sibling says something to you, it carries a different weight. If a friend that I didn't really care much about said, you can't marry this person, it's going to ruin everything. You're going to ruin history. You're going to change things that are going to be terrible. I'd be like, yeah, okay, kick rocks. Yeah. If my brother said something to me, one of my I have two brothers, if, if either of them said something to me, like, hey, I'd be like, Okay. Yeah. I think you're wrong, but there's weight to it. There's like, okay, how am I looking at you now? Yeah. How does this alter our relationship as family members? And I thought about that when I was watching this. I'm like, what if my brother said that to me? What yeah. if? What if one of my at your engagement party? <laughs> at my engagement party. It's my party. No, but yeah. <laughs> I I always think about stuff like that too when I watch stuff. I'm like, how would I react? Mm-hmm. But but um, yeah, I did think about that a lot of, of my own brothers in terms of this. And like, I wondered prior to finishing the season, I was like, maybe Kareem is just like, and I don't agree with him. I think like, yes, Amaya and Janai belong together. They're beautiful. Yeah. They're adorable. I yeah, love them. Beautiful. They are beautiful. <laughs> oh, I want them. Yeah. Anyways, like imagine going to their wedding. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um I'm, and I again, I'll say it again, I don't agree with what he's saying to his sister, as I don't agree how Viren, you know, treated Claudia or Soren, but I understand where he was coming from. Yeah. I, I was wondering, I was like, oh, okay, Kareem is her brother. He's looking out for her, maybe? Yeah. Maybe that's what this is? Um, it's unclear, right? Yeah. It's, you want to believe that that's what it is. And then you watch the rest of the season. You're like, uh Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah. Um, that was my initial, those were my initial thoughts with that. Um, yeah. it's hard to hear that though. I don't know if you've ever had that with the sibling. Um, but uh, my brothers hate everyone I date. Uh, and, but, <laughs> but, and for good, for good reason, I date trash, but, <laughs> but, um, uh, I always welcome their opinion, if yeah. that makes any sense. Like, yeah. I, so it's yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense, but uh, I'm kind of trickling off. But 
Well, I, I think there's there's several things that kind of you're you're touching on that I think are really interesting, right? One, you know, Janai is saying Amaya is my chosen family. Yeah. Right. This is what like de- a declaration of partnership usually means is like I, th- I they are at such a uh, we are at such a level with our relationship that I want them to be a permanent part of my family. Yes. Um, and so that's a statement, right? And Huge I think statement. It, what Kareem is suggesting is that blood is stronger than choice. Yes. And I think that's like when we when we boil it down to what are what are you suggesting and what is the base of what you're saying? That's what it comes across to me as is that blood is more important than choice. Yeah. And not only that, but race is more important. Right. Like and so it's uh, claiming um, control over Janai via this. Yes. And I think that that's often what happens. This is what happens when, um, and this is, I, I think it's really well done because this is not about Janai and Amaya being queer at all. No. They, like, he's like, no, I love that you love Amaya. That's not the problem. The yeah. problem is that you're getting married and you're putting this on display. You're putting the human elf relationship on display. And I think it's a really fascinating commentary on queer relationships in a way uh for our reality of saying like when parents and siblings and say oh do what all you do all you want but you can't get married right that says too much there's there's too much symbology there or x y and z and it's not just about you know queer relationships either it's about interracial couples it's about all kinds of like difference anytime you're marrying difference yeah and it's really fascinating to me to say that you know, blood and tradition is more important than your feelings and your choice. Yeah, totally. Ugh, it's just, I know, <laughs> right? It's so gross. It's so gross. I've seen it over and over again in my own family. I've seen it in other families. I've seen yeah. it with friends. It's fucked. It's fucked when, sorry, I'm swearing again. <laughs> oh my God. You can't stop me really. No, I, I, Oh my God, where was I going with that? Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with everything. I, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. I think uh, to tell someone, I'm happy for you, but yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. insane. Um, choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, there's there's this little moment that I that happens in this scene that I kind of like was like oh that's me I that's me on the screen uh, <laughs> and it, I I was Kareem and I really kind of felt Kareem in that moment um uh you know Kareem wishes them well and Amaya signs and says um I promise I won't beat you up yeah and I you know there are I grew up in a like again six siblings they're all, you know, have had partners over the time. And one of them, uh, one of their partners, it was only a few years older than me. And like, you know, my brother and I have a very much like he picks on me often relationship. And she started to do that. And I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you haven't earned that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in a way that's what this felt like. Amaya like started to pick up on pick on K- Kareem in a way and said like, I'm gonna, I won't beat you up. Haha. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> I'm turned Watch off. It. You haven't earned that, right? <laughs> uh, and it's just like I was like, uh, we we're not there yet. Um, 
And I, and then like, what's really funny is this like so clearly fake laugh that Kareem has and goes, <laughs> I and noticed I, that this time around too. Oh, when I watched man. it, I was like, Oh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that, that was me. Right. Like all kinds of on the page, which was kind of uncomfortable because like, I don't want to be Kareem based off of what we see in the season, but at the same time, like we see ourselves in these people and in these characters yeah, they're all three-dimensional. That's the thing. Like, they're all so – maybe four-dimensional. There's so much going on with them. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, yeah, there are moments we don't like, but mm. very honest and real. Our writers are really good. Yeah. <laughs> Our writers know what they're doing. Yeah, and oftentimes, I think – I'm going to get meta for a second. but Do I, it. I, I, We talked about fans earlier, but I think yeah. oftentimes when fans are uncomfortable – with the direction of a season and there's been like mixed reviews of this season yeah Um, i think oftentimes fans are uncomfortable with the fact that it makes them feel uncomfortable right (laughs) right and the things that are happening in this season are addressing very complex issues it makes sense that these characters are going to respond in very complex ways yeah and we see that and the fact that we have this stark difference between, you know, the petrichor fart jokes and, you know, death, right, seems to me, very, again, we said this earlier, but it seems very real. That seems like that's closer to reality than it would be to just go hardcore dark all the time and just lean into that. Um, yeah, you can't do that. Like from a writing standpoint, uh, you can't, you can't. Yeah. And I, I like I, the critique is that like it waffles too much between like light and dark. And I'm sitting here going like, it's not, that's not how it works. Like this is, yeah. this is how people work. <laughs> this yeah. is, and I think it makes, I think it's too close to home for a lot of people who watch. It's like, this makes me uncomfortable because I wasn't ready for, for that. And that's just, again, I'm just sitting here going like. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah incredible yeah. talent writing i i 100 agree like there's just really beautiful things that are going on yeah and especially talking with you it, it drives me crazy when people criticize the writers i've been seeing a lot of that on twitter it drives me insane because i'm like look at all these layers yeah. look at all of these layers that we've just ta- and this is one episode yeah. these are moments of right? one episode I'm about to write uh, my dissertation on uh, <laughs> yeah. all the complex things that are going on here. You can do like a five day dissertation on the dragon print. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's is, are there other moments of family that we need to touch on in this episode before we transition into some of our other uh, segments? Well, I, I love the, um, the, it felt very like cousinly love. Well, to me, it, it translated to like cousinly love that because I have a lot of cousins that I'm very yeah. playful and close with, uh, like, uh, Zim and Ezrin. Yeah. Like, Zim's coming over. Did you do this just so Zim would come over? Why not both? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of felt like, and and when Zim, uh, Ibis was feeding Zim or trying to get Zim to eat the vegetables so he can go out and hang out with Ezrin. Yeah. I don't know. It just reminded me a lot of being a kid. And they captured that so well that like, 
excitement to play with your cousins or play yeah. with your friends. I don't know. I have a lot of cousins. I have a lot of cousins. <laughs> We're Italian, um, yeah. but I have a lot of cousins. And and that was as a child, that was one of the most exciting things for me. And I looked forward to it the most was I get to play with my cousins. Yeah, I I noted this scene. This was this was a big one for me too, and I I think that this goes into this element of uh, I don't want to know. I don't know that this is what I would call chosen family. It is, but I I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that because Zim like raised or sorry, Ezrin raised Zim for a little while, and was responsible for him. Yeah. And, the there's an element of caregiving right that uh bonds yeah and i think that you know i i i don't know that i saw cousin i was wondering like is it brother is it uncle is it and maybe it is cousin oh. and maybe it is friend right and like and I, I think it's all of the above and any of the above i don't think that i'm like it has to be this but like yeah. i do think <laughs> that like there there is an element of family here where zim is not just um another zim is special right I, I you know i'm thinking of like the have you read the little prince it's like the the rose like there are tons of roses but the rose from the little prince is the one that he puts his time into and this is the relationship like it's there are tons of other dragons dragons but this zim is the one that ezrin has a history with yeah and history is uh, the context and the foundation for which family is built upon right and i think that it's not we're not just going to walk up to a stranger and say hey you're my family now yeah like, no some people do but like I, I think oftentimes we need a history and context and they have a very strong history and context for their relationship and so it does feel like family i 100 agree with you yeah yeah, it's more than friendship for them. It's like, and and it's interesting you bring up caregiving because that adds a whole other layer of like, caregiving is so, and we did talk about caregiving a lot, just in a different way. Yes, over earlier, like <laughs> over function. Yes, and this is like a more positive caregiving situation yeah. where it, where you see the positive effects of it. So I think it's important to touch on for sure. Absolutely. It's exciting. They're they're French, not friendship. I don't know. They're. What? In like, who's to say you can't be friends with your family, right? You like, can, yeah, <laughs> their connection uh, is exciting and it's adorable. And it's like kind of a metaphor for what the future should be. Like, look at how these two are getting along. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, honestly, that's. And I, OK, here's here's a fun secret. When I read, when I go into the studio, I only read my parts. Okay. As I you know, I practice and I read my parts. I don't I watch it after. So when I watched it, I was so excited to see that dynamic, especially yeah. 2 years later. Especially yeah. I don't know, it just hit in a different way. You're like, "Oh, yes, that is, I don't know." And and like I said, it reminded me of just being excited to play with cousins and it it hit it hit a different set of heartstrings that I didn't know I that could be hit they play with uh, the writers do a lot <laughs> they can <laughs> they take a lot out of you yeah god damn it yeah, yeah. Wow. anyway okay and I, I the only other minor thing I think is the relationship not just between Callum and Ez right like 
I, I think there's this really be- this moment where Callum's running with his new fancy fancy book and as notices and says somebody's happy today, and I and I think that element of noticing is a key building block for maintaining and or creating family bonds, right? And noticing what excites the other person, noticing them and seeing them i think and 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 it seems that ezrin does and i think that's just indicative of their relationship too totally totally i agree uh callum and and ezrin this is kind of off topic but when i saw that moment and just every moment they've had i'm like oh they remind me of me and my little brother i have a brother that's 10 years younger than me so anytime i watch their dynamic there's this like it's like a I don't want to use the word care. They're, they kind of care for each other and they yeah. look out for each other. It's it's yeah. a really cute. Anyway. Love it. Oh. I miss my brothers. <laughs> anyway. Ugh. Well, we've talked a lot about family and we've yep. definitely been able to kind of grapple with uh, some of the relationships here. Um, I am excited to take a, a short break and give our listeners a little musical interlude before we come back for our final couple of segments. Cool. Welcome back. Thank you for continuing to listen. You know, I wonder how many people are like, I don't care about the last two segments, but the last two segments are like the best ones. So like, y'all would be weird if you left off, but you're here. So, and Raquel is still with us and we are uh, about to fight over who deserves the Lens MVP award. And so our next segment is the Lens MVP and where we are going to discuss like which character in the episode has earned the Lens MVP from our perspectives. And they this character exemplifies family, which is our lens today, for better or for, for worse. <laughs> uh, they exemplify this lens. And uh, we will get our you know listener input and see what they think too. But for now, Raquel, who do you think deserves the MVP award for family? Our girl, Claudia. Well, I should have guessed. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, no, but but me me voicing her aside, I think we see how family has affected her. I, I, I'm careful about using the word damaged. I don't want to use that word, but part of me is like maybe traumatized her. Yeah. Um, we see how it's pushing her. It's her motivation in a way. Yeah. I think she especially too, like within the last few seasons, like prior seasons, family has always been this thing for her, her brother, her relationship with Soren, her relationship with her father. That's been her thing. That's bits. I don't know if I'm making sense, but I think Claudia is our episode MVP, our lens MVP and episode MVP. (laughs) I, I, I definitely think it's an apt 
I, I think that one of her core values is family. Yeah. And uh, this is potentially me arguing your point, but um, let me, let me do this. I'm going to argue my point and say how okay. is a core value for my person too. Okay. Uh, which Claudia learned from AKA Viren. Yes. Okay. I'm not even upset. You're saying that because he was my second choice. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think Viren is, and so you referenced prior episodes. So I'm going to reference some future episodes. Nice. So this, there's a moment where he and Terry are talking and really discussing like what must be done for the people we love. Mm-hmm. And I, it kind of goes back to the opening quote from this of like, sometimes you have to do things that for, for people that you care about that you hate and that it's hard to live with yourself after you do it, but you do it for the people you love, which yeah. I have lots of problems with, but um, that's like, that's what Viren is all about. That's, and that is the teacher that Claudia has had in her life. Right. Yeah. So I think that her core value of family largely stems from Viren's core value of family. And I think in this episode, what we see is this paradigm shift of, oh my goodness, I have 30 days left. I want to spend it with my family. I want to spend it with you, Claudia. I want us to travel the world. I want us to to spend and like not take for granted this limited time that we have left. And yeah. it's all focused on family, right? It's focused on um, spending time with her and being with her and not losing her, uh, yeah. you know, and it, it feels yeah. like he's always cared about how she's done dark magic. Again, referencing this, this, uh, reflection where she does dark magic without Viren's permission. And Soren's like, you know, he didn't want you to do that because he cares so much about her safety. And I, I think that her, his focus has often been on, on family. And so my, my vote, is for Viren. And if you value this episode uh, and, you know, these characters, you should vote for Viren because Raquel may be right about some things, but, you know, Viren. Here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with you. I can't even disagree. I can't even, I don't have a, I I don't even have a a follow-up for that, but Claudia being a product, I think, listen, (laughs) listeners. Okay. Hold on a sec. You get to see all of the examples of what Viren has done to Claudia mm-hmm. as a family member. And I think that counts for something. So yikes. <laughs> no, you'll yikes. win. I'll vote for you. Who am I kidding? <laughs> you know, who knows? I I, I, just, I will say that I have a severe losing record uh, for this. Um, where, well, that's about to change. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> even we'll I'm see. like, oh. um all right well you've heard it listeners uh check us out make sure you're following us on twitter at bnb underscore pod to make sure you find that poll so that you can vote and uh for viren um and we'll see how it goes maybe we'll win maybe we'll lose uh but either way family wins family wins awesome so for our final segment yes favorite segment Uh, This is a chance for us to dive into gratitude for a character. And again, for our our listeners who may be new, this is a moment for us to pick a character from this specific episode that we are thankful for and to kind of explain and lean on why, because we know that practicing gratitude is a great way to cultivate joy in our our real world. And even if it's for um, characters in a reality, we like to escape too. So Raquel, I'm curious, who is a character in this episode that you are grateful for and why? This is going to sound wild, 
Viren. Ooh, yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I am thankful for Viren in this episode because we see glimpses of, and this is so different from what we've talked about, but we see glimpses of how people can change. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really difficult for people to change uh, and to come to their senses. And and maybe that's not what's happening. Like, we don't know. There are other seasons coming up. Yeah. But to have those moments of, oh, what am I doing? I want to change that. I, I don't know. I, I, I admire that. Um, yeah. I, I have a close familial relationship where it was really difficult and there was lots of resentment, but this person changed uh and makes a an effort to do that and i think i don't know i i i admire that i i do and and i don't admire viren and i know he's done a lot of bad shit but when people can see the other side and want to dis- despite you know everything we've talked about yeah. i i yeah am i making sense absolutely Right. One hundred percent. I I think that you can love, and I I I've I got feedback once because I I said I was hating on you know people who were Viren stands, and I wasn't, I, I, and it was very subtle. I wasn't even like hating on them, but I, I, it came across that way. And sure. <laughs> I, like I love all of these characters because they're so complex and we have so much to learn from them. Like I, Viren is incredible as a character, right? Yeah. It's an incredible arc. It like, and the same thing with Claudia, same thing with all of these with Erevos, right? There's so much complexity that we have so much to gain from and learn from and be a part of their, their trajectory that is really incredible. So I, I 100% hear you with, with, with Viren here. There's, a lot that Viren offers us in terms of how we can do better, even from learning from his mistakes. Yeah. Having that moment of realization for anybody, I think, is so important, especially yeah. when you realize, oh, I've completely fucked my children's life. Yeah. Look, look at the look what's right in front of me. You know, it's we didn't talk about this. He didn't mention Soren once in that. No, speech. no right uh like oh gosh but it it's that we should okay we can't talk about this now gratitude (laughs) i've got time yeah uh but yes i i think that this paradigm shift is illustrative of the vulnerability that he's willing to share in this moment and the fact that he's like been humbled and even our most like rigid friends and family members who like we seem like they'll they'll never break people can be humbled at like the most random things and when you see that it just increases your respect for a person and i think that that's what i'm hearing in a way from from your story yeah uh yeah yeah Yeah. i wish i had a cool answer like the little (laughs) monkey thing i don't remember their name what's her name stella Oh yeah, I keep wanting to say Molly. Who's Molly? Oh, Stella. No. <laughs> the only reason I remember is because Stella is like like reminiscent of Star Touch energy. It's like Stella Star thing. Oh, oh, 
God damn it. Yeah, she's cute. I like her. She's cute. But I wish I had a fun answer. But instead, we got deep. Yeah, yeah. can't win them all. Well, so for for me, I, the we didn't talk much about, about Rayla. No. And so we get like a literal like two second clip of Rayla in this episode. Um, and I, you know, I can only imagine we, we, we had three seasons of her showing us how like stubborn and willful she is, uh, which I think are wonderful qualities for, for anyone, but she is, um, so hesitant to be vulnerable And I imagine how difficult and how long she's been worrying about how to come back. Yeah. uh, Having failed right in her eyes. Right. And the, the willingness to show up and, and be with Callum and go to Callum first. And after two years, after the letter she left him, like just showing up was a big deal for her. And so I'm really grateful for, for people who show up. Even yes. I didn't even things. think about that. Sorry, I just interrupted you. No worries. I didn't even think about that. One thing I clocked when I watched it this morning was, and I, I texted Paula after I watched this season. I was like, bitch, you killed it. <laughs> you killed it. The way she says, hey, yes. is so loaded. Yes. So loaded. And it's loaded in this, like, I am struggling to be vulnerable. I see myself a lot, not see myself a lot in, in, I hate when people say that. (laughs) I say it all the time, but uh, the way Rayla is with like expressing feelings, especially in the first few seasons, I'm like, oh, I do. I am that person. Yep. That's me. Like what? No, huh? Like (laughs) brushes it off. Um, And it is hard to be, yeah, I can empathize with that. Yeah. 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 Uh, I didn't even think about that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, thanks. You win again. And we have the secondary gratitude for Paula, right? So we're all grateful for Paula, right? Exactly. Everyone text Paula right now. Her phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. That would be devastating. Right. She'd kill me. Yeah. But uh, speaking of getting in touch with people, uh, if people did want to find you in a- My phone number is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How would you like to be contacted? How do you want people to come and find you? Well, not by phone for sure. I hate picking up the phone. Um, uh, You can follow me on Instagram at RackCity5, R-A-C-Q- c-i-t-y-5 or you could follow me on twitter if twitter's still happening i haven't checked this whole time but uh at rack attack five follow at your own discretion um yeah uh it's happening there pardon lots of comedy bits happening there yeah a lot of people who don't know i do that are always <laughs> very shocked or very like uh yeah. i lose a lot of followers and i whatever oh, um wow. <laughs> also uh we are doing an event uh a dragon prince q a signing thing on november 26 uh through streamily um Ooh. and you can visit my streamly page and you can buy an autograph like uh i can sign something for you or i can uh do like a video message so if you're interested uh which you should be get it for christmas get it for your friends and family i don't know get it for yourself be- i recommend get yourself a hot gift <laughs> i have some really cool art from some really cool people that i'm going to release pretty soon um yeah please visit my streamly page it's going to be in the link 
links in my bios. I'm going to put the link in my bios on all my social media. So please, uh, yeah, take a look. We're all doing it. So you can find mine and then you can find the other guys too, but you should just go to mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least go to that one first. Uh, yeah. And if I see everybody tweeting about it, I'll make sure to kind of tweet about it as well and make sure we have some, uh, make sure people can find it from, from our channel too. Amazing. I love uh, that. Thank you. And as a reminder, everybody, you can find us at BNB underscore pod on all the things. So whether it's Instagram, Twitter, uh, even, even TikTok, my co-host for our avatar portion uh, does a lot of content on lots of random things. Uh, and so I invite you to check out the TikTok as well. Um, and then of course we have a Patreon. Patreon's super cool. Uh, we are again, still working towards getting our producer paid a living wage. That would be ideal. Um, so we're, we're getting uh, nowhere uh, for the past couple of, of, of weeks. And so we ask that if this has been great for you, if you've enjoyed this, uh, maybe, you know, even do a one-time gift, that would be super cool. Uh, any of that would be helpful. Um, all right, back to you, Raquel. Thank you so much for joining us today. What an incredible experience it has been to dive into this world with you. Thank you. What an honor, a pleasure, and a dream. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm happy this worked out. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. All right, everyone. Until next time, be well. Bye. Good night.